Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1816. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in one of my favorite places, Monterey, California. We're going to be talking a little bit about Car Week, and I'm with Rick Barnett. Rick, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? Are you ready to release the clutch? Already, Mark. I imagine you would be. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into what you're up to, what's one little thing most people don't know about you, Rick? Oh, gosh. Let's see. I would say that uh, the one thing that people would not know about me is that uh, skin diving below 30 feet would be something that would terrify me. I have to chuckle that a little bit because I grew up in Southern California where I surfed a lot. I was in the ocean all the time and I often would go uh, diving under the waves with a spear and bring home dinner for my mom and dad after a day of surfing. Um, I can't say I ever went below 30 feet because I didn't use gear and so forth. But I have to ask, did something happen down under the ocean once to set, set you up for this? No, you know, I've uh, I've done a little bit of skin diving down in, uh, in Maui. And uh, I, there's something about going below a certain depth where it seems like the, uh, the surface is a lot further than I'm comfortable with that uh, brings me back up to uh, up to that safe level. So yeah. 30 feet is going to be my limit. You know, 30 feet is Pretty deep, yeah. Especially skin diving. Obviously, yeah. not scuba diving, but skin diving. It, yeah. that's pretty deep. So yeah. uh, I, I don't blame you. Um, when we go to Hawaii, my wife and I doesn't. She does not like being like diving where it's deep. Uh, skin diving, snorkeling, I should yeah. say, because sure. there's something about that depth. Yeah. That what's down there, I think, you know, so yeah. much space. I mean, you think about it, the ocean's pretty darn deep. So, well, I promise we will keep it above sea level today or above the, the water level, I should say. And we'll have a little bit of fun. Let me give you a proper introduction and let's dive into what's happening. Rick Barnett is the chairman at the Concord at Pasadera. Now in its third year, this event launches Car Week on the Monterey Peninsula and in 2021 features a tribute to Lamar. Rick is an avid collector of fine art, automobiles, and automotive memorabilia. He was appointed in 2019 as chairman of the Concours at Pasadera to oversee the event, bringing car collectors and enthusiasts to an exceptional event. He's a Time Warner published author, has hosted television shows, and has been on-air host for numerous trade and train media communications programs. Rick currently serves as a contributing editor to Art Business News, and he is the chairman of the board of the Bridge Restoration Ministry, an indication recovery program for men and women in the Monterey Peninsula. We'll be back in just a moment to learn more about Rick, but first a word from our sponsors, so keep the seatbelts on. We're talking car week. We'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft offers you much more 
than just car covers. They make quality protection for the inside of your vehicle as well. Their plush, custom-fit floor mats turn any ride into something special. Or choose Premier Berber Custom Floor Mats. They're a favorite of mine. Covercraft floor mats are quality-made and provide your ride with the ultimate protection from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, and slush. Don't forget your vehicle's trunk area, too. Their Carhartt Custom Cargo Liners not only look great, but keep your rear cargo area and seats protected custom fit trunk liners for sedans coupes and suvs are perfect to protect the factory carpets from all those things that can stain and damage the carpets all your options are quality made easy to clean secure to the floor and look oh so good check out covercraft.com for a variety of styles colors and options for your special vehicles and i've got a very special deal from cars yeah Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Rick, we're back. So let's go a little deeper into the corner since we're here in Monterey. There's a racetrack out east I know of a little bit. I've raced on that track a bunch of times. And talk more about the Concours at Pasadena because this happens a week before we get into Pebble and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a really cool event. And as if there wasn't enough to already do, darn it, you guys add another event. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's interesting. I, I remember, Mark, we were talking earlier about uh, my first date with my wife, which was in August of 1979. And uh, I asked her if she wanted to go to a car show at Pebble Beach. A friend of mine had just bought a, a uh, 250 GTE mm. and was bringing it down to uh, to Car Week. Actually, it wasn't Car Week then. It was Car Weekend. Yeah and wanted me to join him, but he said, you've got to have a date. So I thought, well, gosh, that Lori Smith, she was really <laughs> a nice girl. So I called her up. I thought, you know, we'd have a nice day. I'd drop her back off at home and that would be the end of it. And of course, uh, here we are now, 41 years later, being wow. married 41 years later. But my uh, my memory of Car Week 
1979 was something that was uh, very approachable. And what I mean by that is that Lori and I drove up in my Eldorado convertible. Uh, I wanted to get as close to the lodge as possible. And I parked within about two or three blocks of the lodge building, got out of the car. We walked up to the uh, to the counter, I paid my $35 for each of us and uh, didn't get a poster. I think they were $25 and I thought, no, that's a little bit too much, which is funny because I just got done buying that poster on the secondary market for $350. But There you go. But anyhow, so, you know, we walked, we, we walked a couple blocks, got to the Concours. We walked right out on the lawn, got a nice spot right there at the at the rail, we saw the cars. That was our first date. It was just a, a very enjoyable, not complicated uh, day yeah. for car enthusiasts. And Car Week has has become, uh, as one of our exhibitors uh, said in 2019, he said, you know, he was exhibiting on the lawn at, at Pebble uh, that following Sunday, and he told me he said I, we will probably enjoy this event more than any of the other events during car week. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, you know, car week has become complicated and and it is, you know, not that it's any less than what we would want it to be. We love the fact that there are many things going on as there are in 19, I'm sorry, in 2019, Mark, there were 21 car events that went on during car week. So hard to get to see them all. You can't, uh, but, but there's a lot going on. So the, Concord at Pasadena decided to launch Car Week. And so prior to the following week on Friday, uh, well, actually on Thursday, we have our press party at the club uh, and press exhibitors and sponsors are invited to that. And then uh, Friday is the Concord and it's a four hour event. I mean, you arrive and uh, you're there for four hours and, and it's just a relaxing easy, wonderful experience. The following day, Saturday and Sunday, is track time at Laguna Seca. And then, of course, on Monday, things start to break loose. And uh, then that following Sunday, Pebble closes it off. So the Concord Pasadena launches Car Week and the Concord at Pebble closes Car Week. Yeah. So now I've got to have another three-night hotel stay. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) At bargain prices. Of course. Yeah. They always reduce prices that week because of all of us car folks, don't they? Darn those guys. Well, this year is your third year. Is that correct? Do I have this all right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, This is fantastic. And you're going to do this year a tribute to Lamar. Talk about that. Well, Porsche is our mark this year. And as we were taking a look at what we wanted to theme the event around, we decided that that with Ford versus Ferrari in our 2019 event, and we looked at what was important in 2021, we saw that Porsche's back-to-back win in 1970 and 71 of the famous 917 at Le Mans was historic. And what I mean by that is if we take a look at the previous 10 years, so dating back to actually 1960, but dating back to 61, where Phil Hill in 61 and 62 did back-to-back wins with Ferrari at Le Mans. And then, of course, the domination that Ferrari had on that track, that 24-hour track for six years running, and then suddenly, 
out of the mist came the Ford GT, and it threw everybody in the racing world for a loop. Years of dominance of Ferrari and the 512 uh, that eventually came about. My gosh, we saw the Ford GT come in and just completely dominate the Ferrari legacy. So here we are, we see this 10 year period of time in automobile racing history, some would argue uh, the very best 10 years of automobile racing. And Porsche comes in with a 917. And in 1970, the 917, incredibly light, horsepower that was absolutely magnificent, you know, in instant throttle response, <laughs> instant yeah. torque, yeah. an amazing car. And suddenly the 917 dominated the world stage in 7071. So we decided the committee decided that uh, the tribute to Le Mans with Porsche's back-to-back -back win at Le Mans and Daytona, by the way, uh, the 24 hours of Daytona and the 24 hours of uh, Le Mans were, was a fitting tribute to this year's event. Perfect. Well, now see, now I have to be there because Porsche, as my listeners know, is my mark of choice. So thanks again. Thanks a lot. Uh, for adding to my uh, visa bill, but yeah. that's okay. That's okay. I'm well, we're very excited. I, I have to tell you, and this is something that just came about, Martin Steger, and that name will be familiar to many Porsche enthusiasts. Martin is recognized as the oracle of the air-cooled. Uh, Martin was part of the 917 development uh, that brought the winning cars to Le Mans in 70-71. Martin will be flying out from Charlotte, North Carolina, for our event, nice. and he'll be he'll be working with Chief Judge to judge uh, the cars. And Martin actually has agreed; he's actually agreed to uh, sign uh, the pink slips of any Porsches that arrive at the show. So wow. it'll be an ex it'll be an exciting event for Porsche exhibitors this year. Very very cool. Looking forward to it. So aside from some great Porsches we're going to see at the Concours at Pasadena, what else could visitors expect to see on the lawn? Well, you know the um, the exciting part about the Concours at Pasadena is that we recognize six classes of vehicles plus two other big surprises this year. So those six classes are uh, international. Uh, domestic, vintage, and modified. Those were the four that launched the event originally. And then we've added to those classes commercial and competition. So you will see unique commercial vehicles. You'll see unique competition vehicles that have got incredible racing pedigree, vintage cars that were, were built before 1940, uh, domestic vehicles that were built from 1941 until uh, 1990, international, the same time span, modified, no time restrictions on those at all. We'll see some very unique modified vehicles that will be brought forward. Uh, ultimately, uh, there is the People's Choice Award, which is not judged by the judges, but is judged by the people. They are the ones that pick up the slips. There'll be 25 cars that will be chosen from the by the jury on the modern classic category. And these are vehicles that from uh, 1990 through 2021 have been chosen by the jury as vehicles that have had design and technical influences of automobiles for the future. 
And so those cars, 25 of them, will be viewed by the uh, by the public. Wow. Uh, one will be chosen and given the Modern Classic Award by Tiffany. That's a fun thing because uh, uh, because the public gets to vote on those. This year, something totally out of the box is that uh, Hot Wheels is coming to the Pasadena Concours. And what I mean by that is that a lot of us, you perhaps, I see some model cars back in Course. have been have been model car uh, collectors and Hot Wheels of course was uh, sort of the the birthplace of uh, a lot of enthusiasm in the in the car toy world and a lot of these toys if you recall I certainly I do I mean they were under a dollar you know you yeah. could go to the toy store and buy a Hot Wheels car for under a dollar today some of those cars are worth a fortune and Bruce Pascal who is with Cushman Wakefield back in Washington, D.C., and an avid Hot Wheels collector. He has been in a number of national television shows and uh, newspapers. Bruce will be bringing his Hot Wheels bomber to the show, $175,000 Hot Wheels model, along with uh, some of his other cars. Neil Giordano will be flying out from uh, North Carolina. Uh, Neil writes the annual Hot Wheels Value Guide book. And he'll be one of the judge members for the show. And children and adults alike will be eligible to present their Hot Wheels to the jury. Those will be chosen. They'll be shown. And each exhibitor will receive a special award. And then there'll be a Tiffany Award given to Best of Show for the Hot Wheels car. And all of the proceeds uh, from that Hot Wheels event will benefit the CASA program of Monterey County court-appointed special advocate. And so it's exciting. I mean, this will be a fun event where people will be able to see some of their favorite Hot Wheels cars, some of them 2000 3000 5000 even $175,000 Hot Wheels car. Wow. You'll be able to see that. Well, I better go back and look in my closet because I've still got yeah. all my old Hot Wheel cars, including, I'm a little older, so I've got Matchbox by Lesney cars Oh yeah, as well, including the first one that my dad ever bought me, which was a red Jaguar XKE coupe. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yep, absolutely. Well, this sounds like a really fun event. And real quickly, where does the event take place? Obviously, there's a clue here with Pasadera. Right. So the famous racetrack, Laguna Seca, is uh, right in the middle of uh, Highway 68 between Salinas and Monterey. And Pasadera uh, and its residents, many of its residents who are avid car collectors, is right immediately next to Laguna Seca. So those of us that are car fanatics don't have far to drive to get to the track where it's right there. And so we are on Highway 68. Pasadera is a private a club that is a Jack Nicholas signature course. Jack has been out here. It's a wonderful golf course, great membership, wonderful, generous people that are members of the club. And so that's right where it is. Highway 68, right next to Laguna Seca. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously very easy to find out. Make sure you put a link on Rick's show notes page so you can go and check this out if you want to extend your fun. Since we didn't get to go last year, why the heck not, right? Uh, you can go to PasaderaConcord.com and you can find everything you need to know there. You can get tickets and so forth. Let's take a short break. We come back. I've got a bit of a challenge question for you, Rick. So sit tight. We'll be right back. All right. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions. 
raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. All right, Rick, uh, I always like to ask my guests if they've met up with, in their normal life, their business life, whatever it might be with a big challenge. And the reason I ask this is more so about how you overcame it and what was that valuable lesson learned so you could move forward in a positive way. This could be around cars, could be around your personal life. Uh, Don't know what that's going to be for you, but take us on a little rough journey perhaps here. So you're talking about a challenge that I had in my life that... Yeah, yeah, that taught you a really valuable lesson. Well, I would say that I, you know, uh, not to not to work around your question, but I would say that that some of the challenges that that uh, I have experienced have been specifically with my family, and what I mean by that is that my father, who was a business executive in Chicago, uh, as I was growing up, ended up with a debilitating uh, uh, health issue mm. that ultimately put him in a wheelchair, and I learned. A lot about at attitude creating altitude in one's life. My father was an extremely positive person, even as his life uh, was slipping away. It all certainly the life that he knew was slipping away. And then likewise, my mother, who ended up dealing with the aftermath of my father's uh, uh, challenges, physical challenges. Uh, my mother also uh, had a tremendous uh, impact on. Uh, my perspective of achievements and and helping others. I think ultimately, you know, uh, y- you you get to see examples of people in life, and some of those examples represent things that you don't want to be, and some of those examples represent things that you aspire. I think that when we can spend time in our lives focusing on someone other than ourselves being selfless instead of selfish, then I think that brings about a great life for an individual. And my parents were uh, examples of that. My wife is certainly an example of that. And those have been people in my life that have taken uh, challenges that have come about that all of us have at one time or another in our lives and have turned them into something that ultimately I've been grateful for. So yeah, that would be my answer, I think. 
My regular listeners know this, uh, something that I've learned after interviewing 1,800 and now uh, 16 people is that uh, we are happiest in our lives when we're giving back to others. Some people learn that later in life. Some people learn it through adversity and challenge, as you did with your parents. And we're going to talk a bit in a little bit about Bridge Restoration Ministry and what you're doing there in helping people that have challenges. Massively important lessons that we learned. It's just sometimes we have to learn them in really tough ways like you did. So I appreciate you sharing a really personal story in your life. When you think about what you do in your career, everyday career, or in your life, are there a couple big bucket list items that are still on your list to achieve? There's a trip that I'm dying to take. My wife spent about six years of her life in Berlin. Her father was a uh, Pan Am pilot, and they were based out of Berlin. So uh, I'm dying to get ba- back over to Germany. My, my grandmother was there. I spent I, my first time going to Europe was when I was nine years old. I flew over there by myself on a Pan Am flight. Wow. And uh, and went every year uh, while my mother, my grandmother was alive till I was 17 and uh, would spend my summers over there. My wife uh, lived in Berlin for a while. Uh, my mother was in Berlin during the war and left Berlin uh, after the war. So I'm eager to get uh, back over to Germany and visit Berlin for me for the first time. And at the same time, try to wrap up uh, seven to 10 days in, uh, in the Cotswolds and uh, in London. And then at the same trip, spend, uh, s- spend some time in Paris. So I'd like to you know spend about a month, get back over to Europe. But obviously, COVID has prevented us from getting that done. So I'm eager to get on a plane and uh, and do a little traveling. We are all very, very, very eager to yeah. do that. I think once things open up, it might be hard to get a ticket on a plane anywhere in this world uh, because people are going to realize now that we've been uh, held back from being able to travel and basically be told we can't in many cases, no. uh, people are going to start doing it. So I certainly can't wait to hear about your trips to Berlin and, yeah. and the rest of Europe. Now, you've had some very cool cars. You're also in the auto art industry, which I think is very cool. In my home here, all the things on the walls are art pieces by uh, past guests here. In fact, uh, we're on Skype. The picture over my shoulder here is by a Russian artist of me in my Porsche Turbo. Uh, He's a listener, and it was so kind to do that and send it to me, which was very, very cool. Uh, Unfortunately, he doesn't speak English, so I can't get him on the show because my Russian... You're really bad. Uh, so, uh, but it was nice of him to send that. I would like to talk though a little bit about some of the cars you've had, and particularly one car in your life that really stands out. Something really special for you. What was that? Well, my first car was a 1963 four-door Pontiac Catalina that my parents found for me, and I paid three hundred dollars for it. That <laughs> That's was how my much my first car cost. It was not uh, a love. I mean, it was it was exciting to have a car, but it wasn't. It was not something that I was thrilled about. My first car that I was excited about was a Datsun, uh, nineteen sixty nine Datsun sixteen hundred, which uh, which was a great car, and uh, eventually led me to start buying cars, selling cars. Uh, I, a number of years ago, I had crossed the the hundred mark of car ownership from the time I was sixteen. You know, when I think back of all of all the cars I've owned and the ones that I currently own, uh, the car that I think has had the most meaning for me is a car that I currently own, and it's uh, it's in our permanent collection at Monterey, at the garage in Monterey, and uh, and that is a nineteen fifty three. Chevrolet Bel Air convertible and uh, 50, 53 was a unique year for Chevrolet. If you think about it, 
uh, Harley Earl launched the Bel Air. Uh, I would say it was for a dealership, it was competition to go against Oldsmobile and Buick. It was their high-end car. The Bel Air convertible was their high-end car. Yeah. And it had the Blue Flame 6 engine in it, which was the uh, same engine that the Harley Earl launched the Corvette with. And so Harley created a car uh, that was uh, a special uh, Bel Air convertible for his wife. And my understanding is that the car that I own is a tribute car to the Harley Earl uh, Bel Air convertible. Uh, it was my mother's, the first car that I can recall my mother owning. Uh, she had a, a Chevy 210, which was essentially the down version of the Bel Air. And so that was the first car. I was born in 1953. Uh, this is a 53 Bel Air convertible, MontereyMotorsports.com. It's, nice. it's on our homepage. And I love it. And I actually got it from the Bonfani Museum collection here in California. Wow. And uh, Mike did a great job restoring it. And uh, and I drive it around every once in a while. And uh, I've got some interesting cars that I that I have. But that particular one is probably my favorite. Well, it's got a great story, too, which is yeah. absolutely cool. You know, going back to that Datsun, they called those the Fair Ladies, right? Originally, that's right. They were the 1500s. And then when they went from the 1500 engine to the, the Fair Lady was actually the Japanese version that, that ultimately created the 1600. And then ultimately, the SCCA champion, the 2000, which was a uh, incredibly fast car for its weight and time, the 1970-2000, which dominated the track in that particular class. Then came the 240Z, right? Of course. And, everybody, and then everybody, were, they were they were taking him right out of the showroom floor and bringing him on the track and winning races. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yuichi Ota designed that old Datsun. And the neighbor across the street from us where I grew up down in La Jolla, California, had yeah. one. And he was selling it. And I wanted it so bad. And my dad took me over there. And we looked it over. And my dad tinkered around. And he said, you know, this thing's not going to. It's got some engine issues. And, of course, I'm a starry-eyed little teenager. I didn't care about that. No. Uh, he talked me out of it. And one of my best friends bought it. And about, about a month later, the engine completely grenaded and Oh, yeah. And it was dead. But I remember driving that thing thinking, this is what I want. I ended up with a Carmen Ghia instead, which proved to be a great car. Lasted me many, many years all through college. But uh, yeah, those are beautiful, beautiful little cars. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here and explore who you are. All right. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but your personality, who you are all tied up in this car or truck or motorcycle. What would you be, but more importantly, why? <laughs> so let's see. I guess, well, that's an interesting question. So I <laughs> guess first I, you'd have to go for brand. Yep. You know, I, I, think, um, I think I would be somewhat practical, but somewhat edgy. So, okay. you know, I, uh, a car that I don't own, but, um, but one that I think cross-checks the boxes is uh, – Probably a, a, a 350 GT or uh, or a Mustang Bullet. You know, I don't own either one, but I, but it seems like you know I could get away with uh, sticking two people in the back and uh, and yet have lots of fun out on the out on the highway. So I I really like the Mustang Bullet uh, a lot. I love the color and the story behind it. Of course, 
you know, Steve McQueen was such an interesting, he lived such an interesting life, even at the very last year of his life. He was just such an interesting guy. And so, yeah, you know, I think, um, I think I'd probably come back as a Mustang. Well, everybody loves a Mustang. For about three years, my daily driver was a 66 Fastback that had been made into a GT350 Shelby clone. Oh, yeah. Uh, And it was done very, very well. In fact, I ended up at a Mustang show once kind of by mistake, and I was going to an all-British field meet, and I parked my car at the show and left and came back, and I'd won first place. (laughs) And I I had to go, well, this isn't a real Shelby. And they're like, what? It's not. And uh, so I ended up giving that trophy to the guy who got second place. But my point with Mustangs and having met you here and spent some time with you today, Rick, you're a really nice guy, easy to get along with. And every time I'd get gas in that Mustang, it took a half hour. Everybody would come over and have a Mustang story. You know, somebody in their family owned a Mustang, dad, grandma, aunt, uncle, whoever it might be. They're just, they're like VW bugs. Everybody loves them. Everybody has a story. So yeah. nice answer to that. I want to talk a little bit about, because I always ask my guests about how they like to give back. You're chairman of the board of Bridge Restoration Ministry. Would you talk more about that and that really important uh, cause and what you do to help people there in the Monterey Peninsula? Sure. Uh, I think everybody ha- knows of someone uh, either in their family or uh, in their extended friendship network of someone that has dealt with a drug or alcohol addiction that has been uh, life-changing in a negative way. And we saw elements of that in our own family, Uh, not in my immediate family, but we've seen that in our own family. Those kinds of things can kind of creep in. And I would say even more so today as our society becomes more permissive about about what, you know, terms like recreational use and so forth. It's almost like an invitation to sort of test things, you know. And and so it's a challenge. And so uh, my father-in-law, Bob Stewart, became friends with an individual who had lost his family, just about lost his life, was a uh, paramedic that uh, became addicted to opioid drugs and uh, ultimately went on to heroin and uh, was paralyzed. Half his body was paralyzed. His, fa- his second generation family was brought in. Uh, the doctors said that uh, uh, that he was not going to survive through the day, and and yet through a miracle, uh, he did survive. And his family, the Mike and Michelle Casey, Michelle and Mike both agreed that they would focus their lives in helping other people. Mike was then and is now uh, paralyzed for a big portion of his body. He's able to, to walk. He has use of uh, partial use of one arm and, and full use of another arm. But, but Mike, for all practical purposes, should have died, did not. And 14 years ago, he and my father-in-law uh, began to start a ministry with a home-based church Calvary Chapel in Monterey, California, mm-hmm. and uh, started to reach out to men at that time that were dealing with addiction. Interesting, the first guy that they brought into their home was how it started, one person at their home. They had dinner that night together with him, and uh, that evening, late in the evening, he jumped out the back window and took off, and that was the first resident of the bridge program. Jumped out the back window and yeah. took off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And now here we are 14 years later. We have some, you know, we, we've hundreds of men and women 
subsequently the the program uh, accept, started to accept women we uh, we have hundreds of graduates life changing stories that are absolutely amazing uh, we have three facilities one facility in pacific grove that houses that's the main house 22 uh, 22 men then uh, we have a second phase program for the men and a first and second phase program for the women they're with us for at least a year uh, we pay for their uh, housing, their health care, wow. uh, their food, their clothing. Uh, we bring them down to uh, vocational training and uh, very interesting. I mean, just, you know, it's just an interesting, interesting program. And ultimately, we have seen the lives of men and women change for themselves, their family, their community. Their, you know, it's just exceptional to see uh, these changes in person. And so uh, tbrm.org is where you can find out more about, uh, about the ministry. We're very fortunate to have a very active board. A former chairman of Yahoo is on my board. We've got, we've got exceptional people on the board of directors. And we've had uh, a past advisor to uh, the governor of California on prison reform work on our board as well. And so we, um, it's just fun. It, it's a fun thing. It, it isn't just all doom and gloom. It's a fun thing to see a person's life change for the better and have them joyful rather than depressed. Wow. Uh, very commendable and definitely something so many cities right now need because of this huge problem of drug addiction yeah. in this country. Yeah. That uh, I know many people call it homelessness. Well, that's where you end up, but it really is a drug problem. That's the yeah. root of it. Most of it in, in these cities. My hat's off to you and your team and everything that you guys do. Wonderful story. And I'll make sure I put a link to that on Rick Shona's page so that you can uh, log in. You can perhaps help if you have a, the means to do that uh, to help them continue this incredibly important uh, ministry that they're doing. Is there a book that you've read perhaps that you'd like to share that uh, left you with a great impression? Sure. You know, Rick Warren is a pastor down at Saddleback Church in Southern California. And a while back, Rick wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And I think that, you know, somebody told me once, and I, it's, it has stuck with me. Somebody told me once that you can live 40 days without food. You can live four days without water, but you can't live another second without hope. Mm. And Rick uh, spells out the opportunity for us to take a look at putting real purpose in our lives. And he wrote this book, Purpose Driven Life, which has now sold well over 10 million copies and uh, multiple bestseller. And I, you know, I would encourage anybody to pick up that book, whether they are have faith in God or not. I would say that you pick up that book and read it, and it will give you a perspective on living a life that can make a difference, not just for yourself, but in the lives of others that you touch. So uh, that would be my book. It's a great book, Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life, the subhead, What on Earth Am I Here For? Now, there's a great question to answer in anybody's life. Wonderful book. I'll make sure I put a link to that book on Rick's show notes page. You know, there's a great place on the Car Show website called Guest Recommended Books. There's over 2,000 books listed there. I made it really easy for you. You can just click and it takes you right to your buying options. So check it out. Uh, wonderful book, The Purpose Driven Life. Absolutely. We're going to take one last break. We come back. I'm going to take you, Rick, on the ultimate drive. So keep your seatbelt on. We'll be right back. All right. I've discovered Linkage. 
It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah, is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Carsia are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. All right, here we go on the ultimate drive. So here's what you get to do. You get to decide what car are you in, more importantly, who are you with? Because this car passion we have is all about the people, not really the cars, the people it brings us together. This could be somebody living or someone who's deceased. Uh, and who would be driving and what would you be talking about? So let's take a drive. All right. All right. Well, let me think for a moment. I, well, that's, boy, that's an interesting one. I, you know, I had the good fortune to, uh, uh, to meet and speak with Sterling Moss, uh, a number of times, his he and his wife Susie, and uh, every time Sterling would show up uh, at this drive event that uh, that I would attend, uh, I'd ask him about. <laughs> well, let me just say, the last time I met Sterling, he and I were talking, and I said, you know, you've got to tell me uh, at home because he has a home, he and Susie had a home in London. I said, what kind of car do you drive in London? And <laughs> Sterling says, well, I drive a smart car. Yeah, and I said, what? <laughs> I said, what in the world is Sterling Moss driving a smart car? He says, well, Rick, if you've been around London, you know what it's like to park in there. You've yeah. got to get a smart car is what you got to have when you're living in London. So, you know, I think, gosh. I hope to, you're not going to say you're in a smart car. <laughs> no, 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 it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. The problem that I have is that I'd like to, I'd like to be in, in a car that has three seats and uh, and the car that I want to drive around in is the 1970 class winner of Le Mans that finished sixth overall, which is the Porsche GT 914 number 40 that uh, was the David and Goliath story in the 1970 race. I want I want to be driving around in that car, but Sterling doesn't have any history in the Porsche to speak of. So I'm wondering what in the world I'm doing driving in a Porsche with a Sterling, especially, <laughs> because, especially because I want him to be driving it. And then in the back seat, I'd like to have Billy Graham back there talking to me about his perspectives on life and faith. So I'm, I'm seeing us 
driving around. I'm, I'm thinking now of the cars that I have. I probably, you know, I've got a Bentley Arnage, which I love. It's a Molinaire 07 that uh, has VW ownership uh, rights to it, you know. And, yeah. uh-huh. and I think uh, there were only 33 of them built in this particular combination of colors and equipment. And I think probably I would have Sterling Moss, Sterling Moss driving the car. I'd be sitting in the passenger seat. And Billy Graham would be in the back, and we'd be sharing, <laughs> we'd be sharing life stories. I think that's uh, that's the way that would look. That's an interesting combination. I was going to say with three, why not a McLaren F1 uh, with Sterling in the middle and you two on the each side of him? That would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah but the Arnage, you could hear each other much better. That's so uh, I think that's a great, wow, that's a very unique answer to that question. I yeah. appreciate that. Well, you've taken me on an awesome drive, a ride today. This has been really fun. Before I let you go, though, would you share one little parting piece of wisdom, guidance, maybe a success quote? Sure. You know, uh, before I do that, I do want to mention that, you know, I mentioned the, the number 40 Porsche. And one of the fun things that we'll be doing at this year's event is we're going to be doing a tribute to the 914. And I want to invite any and all 914 owners and enthusiasts to connect with me and the event. We are going to uh, choose, the jury will be choosing a handful of significant 914s to present. And uh, I mentioned Martin Steger. Martin will be signing the pink slips of those cards. Uh, but we really want to get some focus on the 914. You know, the the GT was just, it, uh, it's an amazing story. And I, you, know, you could you could do a movie about the 914 at the 1970 race. Uh, oh, yeah. no, nobody in their right mind would have ever thought that a 914 would have finished sixth overall right behind the mighty 512 and 917 Porsches. But it did, and it's an amazing car. As far as, and so I'd hope that there's some 914 owners out there that would connect with us. We'd like to hear from you. Well, you know, it would be biblically based, but I think it it fits with, uh, with, uh, well, I, yeah, you know, in Second Timothy one seven, Paul speaks out and he says, "So God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind." And I believe that. I believe that. I believe that we are not to be fearful about. You know, the COVID thing has been a a difficult thing for people, and I understand that, and and I get it. But you know, we we've been given the skills to look at altitude as a guideline from our attitude and uh you know people with with positive attitudes are able to get beyond the challenges of the immediate and so i would say that power love sound mind we've been given those ingredients in our life and i would hope that we would embrace them uh going forward obviously we're excited about the car show but Quite frankly, I'm excited about uh, getting beyond this COVID thing and moving forward in life. Amen to that. <laughs> nicely, nicely said. I'll make sure I put a link to the Concor at Pasadero, which is basically easy, PasaderaConcor.com. Check it out. Join all of us there because this is going to be an awesome car week to get all these people together in one place and have some fun for a whole week. And let's kick it off at the Pasadera Concor, the Concor Pasadera, I should say. Very nicely said. I want to do a shout out, quick shout out to Marcy Kane at the Buzz PR for introducing me to Rick. Marcy? 
doing a great job. Appreciate that. Rick, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and wisdom and some great, great conversation here. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Concord at Pasadena. You know what, Mark? This has been great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Fantastic. Looking forward to seeing you in August. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.